0: Safety isn't expensive, it's priceless. And so parents spend gloriously to protect our little ones. And safety doesn't come by accident. And so the Holy Father spent his only begotten son to secure his little ones. And we're safe in Christ. And safety isn't easy. Creating safe places takes work. Now, I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking marriage, and I'm addressing the church. Good relationships cultivate safety. Where you can be yourself, you can do you without criticism, without contempt... Those two destroy safety. Where you can be saved with a genuine loyalty, a love that is loyal to the end. And there is peace, and that is freedom. So this morning I want to talk to you through this text about safety And what I mean by that is how do we cultivate safe marriages and how do we have a safe church? So the title of my sermon this morning is How to Be Safe. And that is two how-to sermons in three weeks. So I know you're thinking to yourself, who is this pastor? Is he going to have three points too? No, I'm not going to go that far with it. Don't take it that far. But I do have an alliter- and an alliter- an, I can't even say the word, an alliteration this morning for you. <laughs> the teachers that had these alliterations in, in seminary, and I forsook that wisdom. but I have one for you this morning. And that alliteration is three points, really. There is in this text a problem, a promise and a plan, a prom- a problem, a promise and a plan. and by this problem. Promise and plan. That's why I don't do alliterations. They're tongue twisters. We learn how to be safe. It answers the question, how to be safe. So the first point, David's problem. Don't get me wrong. They're not real points because I don't do that. I'm not good at it, but it's the first point. David's problem. (laughs) David's problem, verse 1. Then David fled from Naoth to Ramah. David fled from, he was fleeing Saul. That's his problem. Saul wanted him dead. It's a bad problem and so david goes to saul's son and he came before jonathan and he said what have i done what is my guilt and what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life david thought the problem was his sin so david was seeking reconciliation david was seeking to repent to fix the problem It's as if David was Christian, as if David was a man after God's own heart, seeking reconciliation. Colossians 3.13 says that we are to bear with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. As the Lord has forgiven you. As the Lord has forgiven you, it means a lot. (laughs) First of all, we know that that means there is no sin greater than God's grace. There is no sin the cross cannot overcome. There's no sin that the cross cannot overcome. So knowing and recognizing that truth, take that truth to your neighbor. Take that truth to your neighbor. That is, take up your cross, humble yourself... And go and repent. And if we cannot, if we do not forgive even great sins against us. Perhaps it's because we don't understand how greatly we have been forgiven. So perhaps we need to take the gospel to ourselves. Maybe we must be taking the gospel to ourselves regularly. And that's really how we're safe. We're safe through Christ. So we need that gospel. We need to take it. The gospel creates safe places because the gospel humbles the Christian. Humbles us to repentance. And guess what marriages need? Marriages need what? Lots of repentance. So guess what marriages need? <laughs> lots of gospel. Your marriage needs lots of gospel. How to be safe. Number one, gospel. Gospel. Number two, humility. Number three, repentance. Wash and repeat. And Jonathan had a problem. And he said to him, verse 2, far from it. His problem is he doesn't really believe David. He doesn't trust David. He trusts his father more, or not more, but he trusts his father at least. And that's his problem. You shall not die. Behold, my father does nothing either great or small without disclosing it to me. Why should my father hide this from me? It's not so, David. It's not so. Jonathan rejected David, but David knew better. Verse 3. But David vowed again, saying, no, your father knows well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he thinks, do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. And now I have a problem. I have a problem with this text. There is a problem in this text. That needs a solution, or the the solution is really the key that unlocks the truth of this text. The truth of this text. If David, if it's true what David says here, if David is one potential misstep to death, why does he go see Jonathan? Now think about it. Jonathan's next in line to the throne. His dad, the king, is the one who wants to kill David. The charge is that David is a king usurper. So Saul has everything to lose if he helps David. And so it seems very dangerous. It seems too dangerous to be running to Jonathan because history proves and dynasties prove that princes always protect their throne. But here, Jonathan, verse 4. Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do. That is, the prince answers the servant. Whatever you want, I will do. Why? Now, why is this prince willing to forsake his kingdom for a servant? And why is the servant willing to run to the king's son, the prince, for care, for safety? Now, many commentators will say something about the, cinem- of, uh, the, cinemata- the sentimentality of, of friendship. It's, there's something about friendship here. And they preach it. Dare to be like, you've got to dare to be like Jonathan. That is, you've got to dare to be like, a, you, gotta, you need to be a friend like Jonathan. That's the sermon. That's the text. Be a friend like Jonathan. And while friendship is here, and while friendship is more is important, there's something more important. There is a key to their unity, and that key was not practical, that key was not emotional or therapeutic. It was greater than that. For their friendship was formalized in covenant. Here, Bibles, turn with me to chapter 18, where we hear the covenant. Chapter 18, he says, as soon, verse 1, as soon as they finished speaking, David's speaking to Saul. The, it says, the soul of Jonathan's, Jonathan's soul was knit to the soul of David. Jonathan loved him as his own soul. In verse 3, it says, and Jonathan made a covenant with David. He made a covenant with David. The safety that is found in this text, and the reason David could run to Jonathan for safety was this covenant. David needed help, so he turned to the covenant. And Jonathan affirmed the covenant. And this covenant is the key to the chapter's meaning. And this covenant in this text is what takes us to the cross. And that's where we want to go every Sunday, right? Wash and repeat. (laughs) So David had a problem. And he needed to confirm it. So he had a plan, and his plan is he's going to skip out, he's, got, he's going to skip out of his duty to Saul's house. He tells his, he tells his beloved, his, his faithful covenant partner, "Hey, go tell your father, I'm going to be out of town this week, because I'm going to my family, and we're going to, I'm going to be a part of their sacrifice." Now this would be very ordinary, the sacrifices and the duties one owes to parents and so forth. And so if Jonathan was or excuse me, if David was in good graces, then Saul wouldn't have mind. He wouldn't mind, unless murder's on his mind. And then this plan would expose it. It would expose, Saul would get mad because it would be a perfect opportunity to slay his enemy. But now he's missing. And then the fear of David could be confirmed. And then we see a very important word. It's a word we need to see. It's verse 8. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant, there it is, into what? What? covenant of the Lord with you covenant both men were under covenant they were both in a covenant and in this covenant there are three parties there are three parties in the covenant much like a marriage covenant when you make vows to the Lord there are three parties you make a vow to your beloved you're making a vow to the church Yes, church. (laughs) And you're making a vow to the Lord. And so these two had vows. Now we need to ask the question, what were these vows? What were the vows of this covenant between Jonathan and David? And it's in the text. It's in verse 8. It's the phrase, deal kindly. That's the vow. Therefore, deal kindly. Now this word, this phrase in the Hebrew is a very important word in the Bible. You're probably familiar with this word. And it's the word, I'm going to say it as best I can, chesed. (laughs) Chesed. you got to spit when you say it. It's chesed. It's that covenantal love. The covenantal love of the Bible. This word occurs 250 times in the Old Testament. The KJV often translates it mercy. The NJB uses show faithful love. I like that one. Show faithful love. The NAS says loving kindness. The NJB uses show faithful love. Steadfast love, the ESV often uses. And we see so many different translational variations because hesed isn't merely just love. It's more than just love. It's loyalty, not just kindness. It's dependableness, not just affection. And it's actual affection that commits itself to the other. And hesed will never fail. Hesed never fails, or it should not fail. The vows of hesed should never fail. It's always there, and it always overcomes the obstacle between the two. And hesed is committed committed in sickness and in health. Till death do us part. If sinned against, they vowed loyalty, dependableness, affection, and action until death did them part. I could preach a wedding from this text. (laughs) Because hesed is the vows you made in marriage. Listen to Malachi 2.14. The prophet says, but you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless. Though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. The good and necessary cause there is marriages are covenant. Your marriage is is a covenant. And if you come to me with marriage problems, and if you come to me with marriage, and I want you to come to me with marriage problems, but when you come to me with marriage problems, if you come to me with the other person's problems, all right, He's this, she's that. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm like, stop, stop. I don't remember you making vows to be dependable, to be servant, to be affectionate, to be there. If, because Hesed is not if, it's not conditional. Hesed is unconditional, it's in sickness and in health. Love gives itself and gives up on self, like Jonathan, who, was willing, who willingly forsook his throne to serve David. David was one step, one misstep away from death, and he turned to the bond of the covenant. And he knew there would be loyalty. He knew Jonathan was a refuge, even though it was dangerous. History says that's dangerous, don't go to the prince. But no, he had covenant, so he ran to the prince. And marriages need the safety of this covenant. If your wife ever calls you husbands, and your wife calls, and the wife calls and says, Oh, she's trembling. She calls, trembling. I've just totaled your brand new truck. The flash, here's how the flash answers My poor truck. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done? I told you you couldn't drive it. I told you you drive too fast. You're always running those yellow lights. You're always doing this. You're showing, and what are you doing? You're showing criticism. You're showing contempt. But Hesed, Hesed simply answers, are you okay? Because you're all that matters to me. And then the wife feels loved and their safety and then the husband calls the wife <laughs> honey I made a mistake I was foolish with our savings account I made a poor decision it's going to cost us maybe, I, maybe we can't do that add on or we're not going to be able to go on that vacation and Hesed responds it's okay I trust you I know you'll pull us through. And even if you don't, God is there. God's in control. God is sovereign. And your husband feels respect and there's safety. That's Hesed. See how it works? It's not about you, but it promises here's my alliteration it has promises, a plan to help the other person's problem. And not just marriage, this is the love of the church. There were parties in your liturgical vows of membership. You all stood who were members of this church. You stood up. You made vows to this church. You made vows to the Lord. And we responded. We answered with a vow to love and hold you accountable to your membership of this church. You see, church membership is analogous to marriage. Marriage. And the watching world should see the church, the watching world should see our church, all the churches, they should see our church, and the watching world should say, whoa, look how they love each other over there. Man, they are affectionate. They are sacrificial. They're giving. They're dependable. Man, let's go there. I want that. Why? Because it's a safe place, and our culture is all about safe places today, right? We have it. And it is not news if you've been looking. Young adults today, young adults today are not getting married. They're cohabitating. Don't do it, young people. But marriages, our marriages in the church should be so full of hesed that in our marriage... The watching world, these young adults who are cohabitating, they should see our marriages and say, man, I want that. (laughs) Let's do that. You know, the world's doing this. No, I want that. I want that thing. You see, God's covenants reshape culture. Verse 8, so he says, Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into the covenant of the Lord with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself. Hmm? for why should you bring me to your father guilt equals death because of biblical covenants you see biblical covenants have promises they have conditions and they have conditions those, and they have promises attached to those conditions to those stipulations there are blessings there are promises that are blessings and there are curse sanctions and so david is sanctioning those curse sanctions of the covenant Uh, Kill me yourself if I have violated the covenant, is what David is saying. And Jonathan affirms David's obedience to the covenant, his faithfulness. He says, far be it. And that far be it is his expression that, no, you are faithful to the covenant. You are a faithful covenant partner. Verse 9. And Jonathan said, far be it. I know that it was determined. If I I knew that it was determined by my father and the harm should come to you, would I not tell you? here's the affirmation and then he shows him his faithfulness now there is one final piece to David's conspiracy this plan he needed to be warned if necessary so here's the plan verse two ten. he says then David said to Jonathan who will tell me if your father answers you roughly and Jonathan said to David come let us go into the field so they both got into the field and Jonathan said to David the Lord the God of Israel be witness now that verb witness or excuse me that word witness is very covenantal This whole text is just full of covenantal language. When I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow on the third day, behold, if it is not well, if it's not good for you, if my father wants to harm you, I'm going to disclose it. I'm going to make sure you are safe. I'll be sure you are safe. And then Jonathan calls the Lord to witness, verse 13. He calls the Lord, Lord. The Lord do so to Jonathan and more also if I do not disclose it. If you are not safe, may the Lord be with you. He's calling on the Lord. He says, If I am still alive, show me the steadfast love. There's that word, hesed. Show me that hesed of the Lord that I may not die. And do not cut off your steadfast love, your hesed, from thy house. When the Lord cuts off your enemies, don't cut off my enemies. Verse 16, and Jonathan made a covenant. There's that word again. He made a covenant with the house of David. Verse 17, and he made David swear. Again, by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. I could say a lot here. There's a lot going on in this verse. I could say something about worship here. I, I love how in the middle of this, he has this benediction. He has this benediction in, in verse 13. He says, may the Lord be with you. I say a lot about worship here. I don't have time, so I can't. Well, I, I, say, I always could say a little bit about worship. <laughs> This here shows us that there is somewhat a liturgical pattern. There's a liturgical pattern of covenants. There's a liturgical pattern of worship. You see, we're not liturgical in this church because we like old-fashioned. We're not like, oh, we're fashionedy people. We're going to do an old-fashioned-y worship. No, we love liturgy because we love acceptable worship. Worship is covenantal. And liturgy is the reality that should shape our Christian worship. And liturgy makes worship safe. Safe from whom, you might ask? our God is a consuming fire. We don't want to play around with worship. I also, need something, I also need to say something about this word safety, that it may go with you safety. Safety, protection, provision, well-being, peace is the reason for covenant. It's one of the reasons for the marriage contract, the marriage bond, the marriage covenant. And it's the promise to one another. And it's the promise that Jonathan vows in our text to create this safe place, this bond of covenant. Now, in this chapter here, we find Jonathan's longest speech in Scripture. This is Jonathan's longest speech in Scripture. And in these 13 verses, he uses the name Yahweh nine times, which commentators tell us that that's... Not very. Or, it's very unordinary. It's unordinary for First and Second Samuel. It's unordinary to use Yahweh's name this many times because this wasn't simply a conspiracy. This was a covenant. And Yahweh's a covenantal Lord. And he is covenant. There, there's a bond between them to protect and provide for one another. And Jonathan loved David in this covenant as he loved himself even more than himself as he will take his own life into his hand. And Jonathan's covenantal promise was to and for David. His covenantal promise was steadfast love. And steadfast love moves. Steadfast love is concerned with our well-being. It's concerned with the well-being of our partners, our covenantal partners, to care for and provide for them the best we can as we would ourselves. And then Jonathan relayed the rest of this plan to David and Saul. And we learn of Saul's true intent, verse 30. You know the plan and the arrows and the sitting and the missing and all that. And verse 30, he says, Then Saul's anger was kindled because David's not there. He's lost this opportunity and he's angered. And he said to his son, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman. You see, David had a problem. And now we hear Jonathan has a problem. I, do I know, I know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame, and the shame of your mother's nakedness. And then he charges Jonathan. Here's Jonathan's sin. Now listen to Jonathan's sin according to Saul. For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Jonathan's great sin, according to Saul, was seeking first another kingdom. He's giving up on his kingdom. He's seeking a greater kingdom. And then Jonathan goes to defense. He goes to defense. Why, he says, verse 32, why should he be put to death? What has he done? You're the king. God's king is to protect the innocent. David's innocent. But Saul, at this point, is no longer God's true representative. He's not following Torah So he wants to violate, and he hates those who are. David. And even now, Jonathan. And he chunks his own spirit. Jonathan. He seeks to kill Jonathan's life. And it says, verse 34, And Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger. Now you would think, oh, he's angry because his dad just threw a spear at him and tried to kill him. But that's not it at all. He's not angry because his father tried to kill him. The text says he's angry because his father disgraced David. His father disgraced his covenantal partner. And we see from this text that... Hesed hates. Covenantal love burns with anger for those who would violate our covenantal partners. Because covenantal love is loyal to the very end, and it will stand in defense and it will fight. It will fight to put off those who attack, who seek to do harm, because its desire is love, protection, and preservation of the one that they have made covenant with. That's marriage, right? I could preach it. Preach that marriage sermon, Pastor. And loyalty, not only in marriage, but loyalty in the church. That's what we want in those vows, So Jonathan got up the next day, took his archery boy, and fired an arrow with three commands he voiced in verse thirty-eight. And he voices his he voices his hesed in these three commands. He says, Jonathan called after the boy, and he says to David, "Hurry! Be quick! Do not stay. Flee!" He's wanting to protect David. And then he disarms. The text says he hands his sword over to his, the boy and he sends him off. And that's. Jonathan's showing David he's disarming himself showing his loyalty he's loyal to the end it's a safe place and they realize there's no one around there's like no one around so we can meet and greet the text says they kissed each other and all the boys go Ooh. that's an eastern thing we don't do that in the west greet each other with a holy kiss no I'm not going to do that with you brothers love you I greet each other with, I'll greet you with a handshake that's my holy kiss you know one of these like taps on our shoulder, how men hug the, the men, the manly holy kiss? <laughs> no, they don't do that back then. They kiss each other. So when you go see your brothers and sisters in Italy, you're gonna be kissing and you gotta do it. So I'm not going to Italy. <laughs> Reverend Brown's there, like, hey, come preach up for here. We got we're the church is exploding in Italy, like pray for your brother. <laughs> uh, or or how they do in Europe where they have the, the common cup. I have a friend who is a germaphobe. And he says, that common cup in Europe, man, I sit in the front row. Then <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan protected David to the end, verse 41. And he said, and he, they kiss, that's where they kiss. That's the holy kiss. And then, then the text ends, verse 42. Then Jonathan said to David, go in peace. Because we have sworn, both of us, in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. And the chapter begun with swearing. The chapter ends with swearing. And there is peace, because this is a covenantal. This text is covenantal. It's all covenantal. And that covenant bond between these two gave peace. And that covenant bond is the bond of the marriage covenant, peace. The covenant bond is the marriage anchor. When life's a storm and your marriage is getting tossed to and fro, you have that bond. Husbands, wives, you need that bond. You know you will be loyal to the end, to the very end. You're going to fight for the marriage. You're going to struggle. You're going to have peace. And peace should reign in the home because God reigns over your marriage covenant. And God is a covenantal God. Very important passage, familiar passage, Exodus 34, 6. And the Lord passed before Moses, right, hides Moses behind the rock, and proclaimed... The Lord, the Lord, God merciful, God of mercy and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and hesed. Abounding in Hesed and faithfulness. So when your world is upside down, torn apart by sin, because you haven't loved faithfully. Because you violated Hesed, and your life is torn apart because you are not loving your neighbor, not loving your wife as yourself, your husband as yourself, your neighbor as yourself, yourself and your world is torn apart by sin. God, however, is always abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness to you. One commentator said of this, When we translate the Hebrew, and then if you take the Hebrew and you translate it into Greek, and then take that Greek and translate it into English, you come out facing the Savior who is full of grace and truth. And when you seek true Hesed, you find yourself wrapped in the nail scarred hands of Christ. And Christ has given us a love that will never fail. He vowed to the Father to preserve his elect the very end, all that you have given me, I have lost not single one. And I will lose none. They are mine, they are yours, and they are secure. Because I have loved them to the very end. And so he promised to forsake his own glory for our protection. So at the right time, in the right time of history... Christ in heaven lowered himself and the Lord of the covenant became the faithful servant of the covenant. And by his faithfulness in the covenant, faithful, he deserved every blessing of the covenant. But he willingly received the cursed sanctions instead and died Sacrificed himself for his people, counted our life more worthy than his own, and bore our shame on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God, and that's Hesed right there, people. It's something we don't deserve. You see, Christ Hesed is our grace. In it is a grace greater than your sin and misery. It's a grace in sickness and past death. Because it is an eternal grace. And so our death is only a mere dying to sin once and for all and entering into the glorious love of our faithful Savior Jesus Christ, who is our only comfort in life and in death. So don't forget what David has taught you this morning. Take yourself to the one who has made covenant. He's made covenant with you. And he says, I will never depart. I will never leave or forsake you. So Christ is our safest place. And may the safety of the gospel bring our homes and our church under Christ's love now and forevermore. Amen. Let us pray. At Covenant Reformed Church in Missoula, Montana, we sincerely believe God's Word and faithfully teach it. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. For more information, please visit missoulaurc.com. That's missoulaurc.com.